Hey guys, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about how Japan is eyeing, mulling over, considering fourth shots. So, what do, what do you call a booster on, on top of a booster? Uh, a depth charge. A depth charge. Depth charge. A depth charge, like a like a submarine. Yeah, submarine booster on top of booster. Uh, North Korea talking about death charges. North Korea fires a new type of ICBM over Japan. Nice. And Japan marks the 27th anniversary of the sarin gas attacks in the, in the Tokyo subways. So jolly news today then. Always positive. It. Always positive. So I've got Japan ends COVID-19 quasi-emergency in all 18 prefectures uh, that were covered by it. Um, I've also got some uh, Russian bans on luxury car exports. <laughs> More Russia Japan stuff. Hooray. Uh, Japanese companies offering a service that converts your child's school bag into useful accessories. Mm. I don't want that, but we'll go over it anyway. Uh, Japan's new ramen vending machine cooks noodles in just 90 seconds and serves four different types. Uh, and then we've also got Japan Court removes uh, people from um, the Japan, uh, what do you call it, diet for heckling Abe as well. And then lastly, we got a, a little game we're going to play. It's called Guess That Really Super Abused Pokemon Plushie Toy. Roll that intro. So now, like that, we talk over the intro. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just not. I, I never know what to say. What's this about a Pokemon plushie? <laughs> so, so like, so, so it's on Twitter. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. It's like there's like there's like these plushie toys that were loved to death, basically. And so there's photos of them on Twitter. My dog had a toy that he loved to death. Really? Like physically loved to death. It was like a monkey, and he used to go home and hump it like crazy i was in a bar the other day okay and this older gentleman like just came up to me no just like (laughs) older gentleman just came up to me and just like like removed a stuffed monkey from his bag really and just like showed it to me and just started talking about it there is a conversation starter uh (laughs) in a textbook okay there's a game called i have a monkey in my bag like an english textbook okay i've seen somewhere Okay. This just came to me now. So you might have been doing that. No, he's like, my wife made this. I'll send it to Josh so you can put it in the show if he remembers. But he's not married. He's like, oh no, it's it's not his wife. It's like my girlfriend made this. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do because we're like, I'm kind of drunk. I'd be like, just leave that woman now. And he's like, literally, I'll show you the picture. He's like, literally talking like the voice of the monkey. He's like, hello. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. How old was this guy? He's in his 60s. Oh my God. So I'm not I'm not joking. Like, I've seen him before. Yeah, and he's 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 kind of a popular guy here in Temokan and like he's just like, "Hello, I'm the monkey." And I'm just like, "I don't am I am I having a seizure right now?" He's probably got covid and lost his mind. <laughs> that's the next that's the new variant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, like you get covid you have to start making monkeys. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's gone back to the monkeys. All right, speaking of covid, let's get started. So covid, uh so Japan the administration, the the, uh, the government here, uh, they agreed to start preparations for the fourth shot if need be. So they haven't mm-hmm. decided to do it or not yet. They decided just to prepare for it because basically for the first two shots and the third shot, mm-hmm. Japan kind of got caught with his pants down. They're like, we need to roll out something. We don't know how to do anything quickly. What do we do? Yeah. It's funny because I had four shots last night and I was caught with my pants down as well. But it was a different situation altogether. So Now, you got really fucked up after the last, the second dose, right? You got yeah, Moderna, yeah. Moderna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't good. It didn't go very well. So it, it wasn't good. <laughs> I don't want to have a fourth one. Uh, and I've, you know, I'm thinking about whether to have a third one or not. Yeah, so. with the timing of your, your first two, you still have a little bit of time to, to consider the third one. But I got my third one. I got Pfizer, Pfizer, Moderna. 
And I got to tell you, the two Pfizer ones compared to the Moderna ones, like night and day different. Yeah. Moderna fucks you up, man. But then yeah, I, was I, was, I was thinking like while I was like having a high fever and like hating life, I was like, I hope I'm making lots of antibodies to yeah. fight this bitch. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, one of my friends, I'm not going to mention his name, was involved in like a 50 person live show cluster. Right. And like no one has symptoms. They're all totally fine. Because they're all because they're all vaxxed, so they're just like whatever. Just get getting Omicron is the best thing to do now. <laughs> Don't recommend that. Like YouTube would pull off our, our our thing, but yeah, uh, Bill Gates was on 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 a talk talk panel saying how you know if people don't get vaccinated, Omicron might work as like a vaccination because you get yeah. like a light version of the virus, then you build antibodies for it. And it's like a, it's like a natural resistance. Makes sense. So yeah. Japan's just ended its COVID-19 quasi-emergency in all of the 18 prefectures that were under it. So it's back to business as normal. Isn't now. it weird that now that it's like over, everybody's just like, well, let's just live our lives. Normal. It's like, everything's fine now. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I know. Okay. We still, we're still getting like hundreds, of, like we were getting hundreds of cases here a day. Yeah. Nothing's changed. It's just like, oh, we're done with this. Yeah. I'm just bored of it as well. So <laughs> let's just go back to life as normal. <laughs> let's, let's just get bored of the pandemic. Yeah. But you know, that's scientifically speaking. Like I was, I've talked about this many times. There's two endings to a pandemic. There's a scientific ending where, uh, where the virus is no longer a threat to the population. And then there's like the human ending where everybody says, fuck it. Yeah. And that's what happened with the Spanish flu. Like, like months before it, it actually officially ended, they were just like, fuck it. We don't want to do it anymore. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I don't see what the problem is now. Did, did now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, did your life change? Like, what, what was different? Yeah, I had like horrible heart palpitations from taking Moderna vaccine. <laughs> um, no, not really, no. Because so, you, you, you just haven't traveled. That's the only difference. Yeah, right? I've not been to the UK um, and I've not traveled around as much. I've tried, well, I've traveled quite a lot domestically. Domestically, actually. right, yeah. yeah. So it's not really changed that much. Maybe remote work, uh, wearing suits less. Oh, yeah. I just gave up on dressing up. I was yeah. just like, fuck it. But even now, though, I don't want to go back to wearing a suit. I'll wear smart casual, but not suits. So, like, I, I spent my first 10 or 15, 12 years in, in Japan wearing a suit. Yeah. And then one day, I just like, oh, well, no, not that long, maybe eight years. And then and then I was on TV. Mm-hmm. And you don't wear a suit on TV. You wear, like, you know, casual clothes, whatever. So, I was always having to change. And then one day, I was just like, fuck my suit. And just, like, went casual and just haven't gone back. So, I might go back to a suit. I've got to wear one in London when I go back to London. What are you suit. doing in London? Um, going to a, a place that I can't mention on here. <laughs> You're going to a place for a thing that you can't talk about. Yeah. You sound like a spy. No, not really. Is this some MI6 work you want to talk about? It's basically, yeah. Let's just call <laughs> exactly. it that. So I've just got to wear a fancy, nice looking suit. Well, uh, James Bond did retire. The actor did retire. So the position is available. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I've got to get rid of this beer <laughs> gut first. But, you know, I've got the looks. I'm British. Oh, my God. I've got the looks. I'm British. What's I drink it? like a fish. I do, too. Do you drink yeah. martinis? I can do. I hate martinis. Gin is awful. Who drinks gin? I like gin. Ugh. Nothing wrong with gin. Do you, you like gin? Josh likes gin. Are you serious? Why? It tastes like Christmas. It tastes like Christmas. There's no other way to say it. Tastes it. like Christmas. Next time you drink gin, you'll be like, oh, this tastes like Christmas. What you drink tastes like a hangover. I'll tell you that. Well, it gives you hangovers. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it doesn't give you a hangover. It just keeps you drunk. Yeah. Like the next day you wake up, you're like, mm, still drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping did nothing. Thanks, liver. <laughs> thanks, thanks, liver. Pull your weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you ever get like an echo on your liver and see if it's like, because, you know, when you get older, they echo your liver to see if yeah, it's yeah. like popcorn liver or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What do they say? Like, they said mine was fine. Really? And I was like, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it isn't. I don't know what mine's like, but even like, like even today, I'm a little hungover. I'm like feeling like, is oh, there, which yeah. side is your liver it's on? This one. 
This is this side. Yeah. What's on this side? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Liver's on the it's right side. It's your right hand side, I swear to God. Left hand side is what? Stomach? Just like your lungs and shit, right? I, I, I don't know. know. Every time I get an x-ray, I, I got a, a chest x-ray. Yeah, hurrah. Liver's on the right. Oh, it's way down. I thought it was way higher. It's no, no, way it's down. under your rib cage. Oh, okay. Well, whatever is here, like right here. So that'd be what? Your That's spleen. your spleen or your spleen. one of your kidneys. What's the spleen do? It's like gets rid of stuff. You know how we learn all this stuff in school and we just and we just do? like, no, I'm serious. It's just like gets deleted. The spleen does stuff with... Invading germs, germs. in the blood. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Control. control. Good job, spleen. We don't know what's going on, <laughs> do we? Look how uneducated we are. Fucking idiots. No, what it is, is like you get... Oh, you, read the news out. Oh, God, we don't even know what spleen is. You learn all these things and then you, you forget it because you have a capacity, okay? Even though like science yeah. says that we don't have a capacity like, or we have we don't know what the capacity is, we yeah. have a capacity, right? What's the uh, pancreas doing? Oh, the pancreas is the thing that we... Like, we think it like it like was meant for when we used to eat like like dirt and stuff. And break that down. That's why we do. Is that the pancreas? Pancreas. Yeah, that's the pancreas. That's why we can remove it. It's okay. I think. Now you can remove your spleen. Can't no, you? maybe you can, but that, then you have to do like you can't remove your pancreas. Then which one? Uh, pancreas is the thing that regulates uh horn, like uh what is it called? Your metabolism. Estrogen. <laughs> the pancreas is important for digesting food and managing your use of sugar for energy after digestion. So metabolism. What's the uh, uh, the little thing that gets removed by your vote. I don't know. Uh, what, your tonsils? No, I, I had those removed. But Testicles. No, those are still there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what's it called? Uh, uh, appendicitis. Uh, appendix. 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 Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Appendix is the thing that that's what I was talking about. That like breaks. They think it's uh, to break down like little bits of stuff that we used to eat in our food, and now it's not important or yeah. whatever. It's also the end of a book, isn't it? It is. I guess it is. Yeah. Okay, good job. Okay, I'm, I'm glad this because we look like total fucking idiots. What now. are we talking about? No, I don't. I just I'm not I'm not great on biology because like uh, I, okay, so this is why I'm not great at anatomy. Here we go. When I was in high school, I got a they got the second highest grade in my anatomy class. Okay, and that's because the person that got the highest grade sat next to me. Right. Okay. And she happened to be my girlfriend at the time. Right. Okay. And so I didn't study shit. I was just like whatever she's writing plus a couple of, like errors just to like make it not so. You know, you, obvious. You were studying her anatomy, I think. Oh, my God. Hello. Uh, there was one day where I showed up to, uh, there's a test, right, in anatomy, and I show up a little late, and one of my friends is sitting next to her. Yeah. But that was my seat, right? So I'm like, Chris, get Chris Lackey. I'm like, get out of my seat. He's like, why do you get to sit next to her? She's the smart one. I want to sit <laughs> next to her. <laughs> anyway, I did learn shit in that class. Sorry, continue. What are we talking about? I'm going to talk about... Go on, you do one. No, because this is this is really important. So fucking North Korea. Two things we got to talk about with North Korea today. Mm-hmm. One is that... Okay, so you know this whole thing that's happening in Ukraine? Uh, no, I've not heard about okay, it. Okay, so like... So Ukraine, right? They were like, we're voluntarily giving up our nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. right? And then like Russia's like, okay, forever peace, friend. We'll never invade you. Yeah. Which is totally true. Never, ever, ever do people go back on their promises. No. And so... North Korea looked at, you know, Iraq and places like that and saw like, okay, well, if we don't have nukes, mm-hmm. then there's a threat that, that, you know, someday a force is going to walk in 
and replace the administration. Yeah. So North Korea and other, you know, actors uh, out there, they're like, we all need nukes to stay in power. And so while, and there's a, there's a, there's a skit by an Asian comedian about this, which is really funny. If you guys, I forgot his name, but if you guys like Google it, it's really, really funny. While like the West was all concerned with, you know, the Middle East and the people over there getting nukes, North Korea is like, we're going to make nukes. And America's like, yeah, sure you are. Right. (laughs) Go for it. And then one day they like, they tested their nuke underground, right? And then like, everybody's like, oh my God, North Korea has nukes. And even then America's like, do they really? We need to confirm this. Yeah. Let's look at some satellite images. And it's like, dude, there was like a huge earthquake. That's like, we know it's a nuke. Anyway. So now what they need is they need ICBMs to deliver those nukes to America. So then now once they have the mutually assured destruction, mad threat, then they will Mm -hmm. never be invaded. Right. Is the idea here. I mean, like if you look at Ukraine, you see all these world nations pumping weapons, your country and my country are pumping weapons like crazy into Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But if any of our countries fires a weapon at, at Russia, it's World War III with nuclear weapons. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so North Korea's leader isn't stupid. And so he wants North, he, well, kind of stupid because we'll get into that. He wants, he wants the capability to reach the United States. And so they, they tested one of their largest ICBMs to date. Um, mm-hmm. And it went up into like, you know, miles into space and then fell down uh, next to Japan. Yeah. So they're saying that it has a capa- the, the capability to probably hit continental United States. But it, you know, they didn't like obviously take it that far. Right is the whole thing here. Hmm. Now, the more interesting thing about this is this video that might get taken down. Last time we, we posted a video in one of our videos and then like YouTube got angry at us and they cut it out. But anyway, mm-hmm. if you guys watch this on YouTube, if not, if you're watching, if you're um, doing the podcast on the audio version, just check the description. There's this amazing uh, video. Wait for it. There's an amazing video that I want Alex to watch. Okay. This was officially produced from what I can understand, what I know mm-hmm. by the North Korean government. Wow. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, I like the uh, the camera tone on that. It's nice. Here he comes. Like you know, we'll obviously have to like we can't play the music in the in the in the in the video, but like so for you guys that are the audio uh, version of this, like you got Kim Jong Un with like two similarly height heighted soldiers walking out of a of a hangar, and there's like a Scud missile looking thing behind him. Checking the time now, and then they they go outside, and this is all like incredibly like like chef's kitchen or what is it? Hell's kitchen, like st- style edited. And they're all looking at their watches and they're like these zoom ups on them. And it's just like <laughs> oh crazy God. editing. And then, and then suddenly Kim Jong-un takes off his glasses and then nods. Yes. And then it fades to the, the missile. And they're like, Wait missile. why do they have to time it so much for the fucking thing to come out of the garage? We you know don't. what I mean? What's the, why, they, why is there a countdown on that? Just like get it out the garage, man. You Th- know? There's so many things that we need to ask about that video. Like it's the most random like, first of all, why did they make that video? Just to show he's the Don. <laughs> he's the Don. He's in control. Secondly, they can't even play that video on state-run TV in North Korea because it's not even HD. It's like standard definition. Right. So that's an HD, probably 1080p video. So what are they doing? Well, it's probably thinking we're all going to look at it and go, wow, actually seems all right. Maybe you should have a double, the, like, a, I, a giant missile with nukes yeah. on it. Yeah, is that what you walked away with after yeah, watching that I was, video? I was looking and thinking that leather jacket suits him rather nicely. <laughs> um, a guy who wears that kind of clothing can't be bad, <laughs> you know, and checks his watch with such 
Are you why why were they checking their watch? I know. It's time to move the missile out of the garage. Come on, let's go. And yeah. then I like the end where like he takes off his sunglasses and nods. He's like, it's yeah. time. It's time. Let's do this. Let's nuke some motherfuckers. So the the, the sad thing about this is uh, this is actually kind of a, like a kerfuffle between North Korea and America, right? Mm-hmm. It really doesn't have anything to do with Japan except for the fact that Japan is in the middle of the two countries. Well, and they keep launching the missiles towards That's what I'm us. saying. So they keep launching the missiles over Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, this is really, really scary for a lot of reasons because, I mean, a missile doesn't... If you launch a nuclear ICBM from North Korea to America, there's a chance that it might not hit its target. Yeah. So at any part during the flight, it could, it could go. Well, even if it's not got a warhead on it, it could still drop onto or hit a plane or something. Or, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, there's loads of things that could go wrong with it. A couple of years ago, they deployed Patriot missiles in Tokyo and Osaka because they were like they kept fucking firing missiles towards us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and again, it's just I don't think there's anything specifically between North Korea and Japan. It's just like we're in the way. Yeah, isn't that sad? It's like, well, they don't really like Japan anyway, do they? So, no. What can you say? Yeah. But anyway, mm. well, I, the world's going to shit, man. As soon as uh, China gets a chance as well, they're going straight into Taiwan as well, I bet you. So, so yeah. that, there's a survey about this recently. Which, uh, the Taiwanese are now thinking that uh, that Japan is more likely to come to their aid than the United States after watching what's happening in Ukraine. That's not going to happen. What do you think? Do you think if China like decides to walk into Taiwan, do you think the United States will go to... Because they, they have a defense mm. you know, agreement. Yeah. Do you think that it's like wartime or do you think that america will just be like oh you bad china well it looks like we're getting to a you know do you remember neville chamberlain no <laughs> look up neville chamberlain so when the nazis were kind of gaining power in the late 1930s neville chamberlain was the british prime minister and he was had a, a, a system of appeasement so basically he met hitler and tried to make everything you know so Better. they wouldn't go to war basically um, and he's looked on now as being like, you know, um, a mistake in history because he, you know, messed up. You yeah. can see the Nazi regime coming and stuff like that. But, you know, looking back on it, he was actually trying to avoid the Second World War altogether, right? Yeah. Um, which is an honorable thing to do, I think. But, you know, the reality is at some point, you know, somebody's going to push too far and then, you know, um, bad things are going to happen. So I just hope that Russia calms down and doesn't <laughs> calms doesn't down. spill over into Poland or somewhere like that. And See that so the two flashing points right now are Poland and Taiwan. Yeah. Right? You've got anything that encroaches into Poland it's like immediate hot war. Mm. And once you go hot, I don't like that's the thing. Is the reason why we have had peace, relative peace for the last 7 years is because of the invention of the nuclear weapon. Mm. Right? If you if you have the the button to destroy the whole world, then no one pushes the button supposedly, right? Yeah, but until somebody does. But then what happened is then we had 7 years of all these countries making new toys that they want to play with. Mm. Right? And so you see these little conflicts like, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, things like that. But then now we're really getting close to like nuclear armed nations going to hot war with each other it's like well i think when it's in your backyard people are more concerned with it right because nobody was really that bothered about afghanistan iraq you know somalia you know the conflicts in africa as well because it just seems like another place right but as soon as you see it in europe with a bunch of like similar looking people they kept saying that on the fucking news you know they, they they were walking around saying i can't believe this is happening to white people like, that's what they wanted to say. <laughs> right. No, I'm serious. Like, there's so many clips of this on Twitter. They're like, like people would come on and be like, I can't believe this. This is happening to blonde haired, blue eyed European nationals. I'm like, you're trying to say white people. Right. Yeah. Without saying white people. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's just racist, man. Yeah, well, it, it's just you know familiarity with it. I mean, it, I don't think it's overt racism or anything. Well, there's like no that. otherism involved when you when you see somebody that looks like yourself and they're yeah. in like you know war torn area. Well, well, you're also kind of desensitized to it, aren't you? You're used to seeing like scenes of violence in the Middle East and things like that, and you know bombings and whatever. Um, so you get desensitized to seeing that. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's any narrative of like you know racial you know bigotry or anything like i just that, think really. it's funny that the way that they keep trying to word it in a non-racist way but it just turns yeah, out yeah, yeah. so racist yeah. but but here's the thing here's the thing so the 70 years of peace that we had right mm. it's, it's total peace very uncommon and all of a sudden now we're at this point where this like flashpoint right where you got we got you know ukraine poland area taiwan mm. and north korea being crazy and crazy 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 look at the video you can you know make your own decisions but um it's just like from this point forward we either figure out world peace and we go star trek mm. Or we do what Star Trek says happens before Star Trek happens, which was World War Three, where nuclear weapons were used in, in mass and lots of people died. So one of those two. I was why can't everybody just chill out, man? So I don't know. I, I should be in charge of this. <laughs> I should be in charge of this. Chief chill out officer. I'd like you calm down. You've you. had too much coffee. No more weapons for you. <laughs> Enough. Let's call it a weapons ban for 10 years on you. Yeah. All right, let's go to something else. All right, Japan's slapping Russia on the wrist in a serious way by banning luxury car exports. Oh, no. <laughs> Whatever are we going to do? It's like the yachts thing. You know how they're just like, they're like parking all the yachts around the world. They're yeah. like, you can't have your yacht anymore. No yacht for you. <laughs> you know? So uh, Russia bound shipments from Japan. A large part of that is actually cars, which makes up 627.8 billion yen, which is $5.2 billion in 2020. Um, and they're going to stop um, luxury vehicles being shipped out to Russia at the moment. Um, I don't know what kind of luxury cars Japan makes. I'm trying to work what that is. Well, there's one that's called Lexus. Lexus, right? Where it, it literally stands for luxury, what is it? Export. L- Export US. Yeah. And so, you know the story behind that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And then the Japanese market went, I want those as well. Yeah, they, they, so the Toyotas were just Toyotas in Japan, right? And then they rebranded them as the high-end ones as Lexus in America. Right. And then, like, the Japanese were like, you know, why are all the Americans driving that cool car? And so they just, like, brought the name to Japan. Same cars. But Lexus isn't really a luxury car, is it? It's kind of like a premium brand. What's the difference between luxury and premium? Um, it's very difficult to is explain. It, is, <laughs> this is, like, is, this like, is this like the pro in, in Apple products? Um, no, it's not just about labeling. Um, what would you say? So premiums is, is like, to the it's performance is the key thing, right? Okay. You know, it performs well. Yeah. You know, it doesn't break down. All this kind of thing. A luxury vehicle is something beyond that. So, for example, a Ferrari, Ferraris are quite well known to break down. Yeah. Like, because they're so highly tuned that they can actually break. Yeah. Um, that kind of um, pushing beyond the boundaries of uh, convenience and comfort to something that actually is slightly uncomfortable and mm. slightly inconvenient shows that you're so successful that you can actually get away with having something that's not completely perfect. Is is true kind of luxury, right? Even though it's very, very well made, mm. it's like a peacock with the giant feathers on its back. I, 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 like, I, mean? I like to call myself a peacock sometimes because it's actually you the male. Cock. <laughs> no, the male, the male is the is the per, is a, the beautiful one, and the female's like she's not. She's like brown. She's just but ugly. <laughs> yeah. And so, like you know, as I'm getting older, I'm like doing more things. I'm like dyeing my hair and becoming more and more peacock. But the I'm peacock, peacocking. peacock is saying, though, I'm such a successful bird, I can lug around all this shit 
And it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. Well, so if you've got like a Ferrari, you yeah. can say, I'm so successful. I don't need to put my luggage in the trunk. I don't need to have a trunk. I don't need to have somebody like two kids sat behind me. I've just got my hot girl friend or whatever, or boyfriend. He <laughs> just went super car. inclusive. Yeah. Uh, but I can understand what you mean. Because like, if you think about like a, a chandelier or like, you know, fine glass or whatever, I mean, it's all really easily breakable stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not durable or practical at all. Yeah. So I guess I can see what you're saying. So it's the impracticality of it that makes it. And then, then the dream as well, right? The dream about it and how it will, you know, enrich everything about your life and stuff like that. So Lexus is going for that, but it's not because it's Japanese. It's like something that won't break and it's a premium. Yeah. It's stuck at a premium level, right? Yeah. So, But I don't know, like, would you want an actual luxury car? Not a car, no. Hmm. But a hotel, yes. Every like time I've ever watched, like, uh, what is it, Top Gear? What is it called now? Grand Tour. And yeah. they, they have, like, their, what they call reasonable cars, which for them, reasonable is just a different level. And then they have, like, their luxury, luxury cars. Mm. I'm always just like, uh, I don't want that. That's not for me. Take yeah. video of it. That's fine. In yeah, a cool yeah. way. But I don't want that. You see, I might rent one and drive it around for a day. If I was so inclined, what I've never make, been inclined. But it would just to do make that you before. nervous to have it, right? Yeah, I don't want to bump it into something. It's right. like driving a house, right? And it has so much power that it's like even if you just take a turn wrong, you can burn out and destroy the car. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You can't use the power of the car, which is so stupid. But that's why it's like a peacock thing. It's like a luxury item. I right? guess if you took it on the autobahn, you could. Doesn't is that true that there's no speed limit on the autobahn? Is yeah, that actually true? So, yeah, yeah. There's parts of it. I don't think it's the whole thing. Uh, so in that case, maybe it makes sense. But even then, I wouldn't want to actually go 400 miles an hour in a fucking car with no airbags. True. I mean, my dad bought a Golf GTI in the 1980s. I remember this very, very well. And he drove to Germany just so he could go on the autobahn. Oh, from England. Yeah, yeah. So he took the 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 the, the train that you put your car on. Yeah. Yeah. That is, what is it called? The tube? The tunnel? Uh, channel tunnel. Channel tunnel. Was but, it, maybe it wasn't done then. Maybe it might have been a ferry. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I remember like YouTubing that and watch. There's like some guy who just like dash mounted a camera and has mm. like the entire journey. Right. Which most of it is just the interior of a, of a train car. Yeah, yeah. Like with no windows. But anyway, I watched it while eating breakfast one day because I, I was like, it was on the news. And I was just like, how the fuck do you get a car from England to France through that, that tunnel? Yeah. It's actually quite interesting. No, no, it's cool. I've been on it a few times. You have to switch the side of the road as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, you guys are on the wrong side. No, 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 no. Yeah. The the rest of the world is on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, okay. Apart from Japan. Apart from Japan. Yeah, you guys in Japan. Let me let me go to one really quick. Okay, so okay, this is kind of serious. So we gotta we wanna get this one out of the way. So Japan marks twenty seventh, what a weird twenty seventh anniversary of the sarin gas attacks in Tokyo. So if you guys don't know what, uh, anything about this, I'll give you a quick uh, uh summary. So twenty seven years ago there was a cult and they uh acquired or created sarin gas and then they released them on on, I think it's five trains in the um, Tokyo underground in the rush hour in the morning. If you've ever been in Tokyo in rush hour, there's millions of people on all the trains. Anyway, uh, so the, what happened was hundreds were injured and I think 14 people died. The people who were uh, responsible for it were caught and hanged. Mm. Isn't that a weird word? Hanged? Hanged. It's not hung. It's hanged. Yeah. Like if you hang up a hanger, the, the past tense of it is hung, but if you hang somebody with a rope, the past tense is hanged. Yes. So weird. Anyway, so they were hanged. And so, you know, it's like it's it seems to be like, you know, it's like it. I don't want to say it's Japan's 9-11, but it was like their big terror thing. Right. Yeah. And so like um, anyway, so this article goes on to talk about how there's more growing concern because of recent attacks on Japanese trains that Japanese trains are still a very vulnerable place where attacks can happen. 
Yeah, well, they didn't have cameras until recently, right? Which is so weird. Yeah, you'd expect them to have them, but, you know. Like, but I don't know. Do you feel safe when you don't, you don't like the Tokyo subway and trains and stuff? You, you, I don't mind it. Um, you know, it's convenient. I don't like it in rush hour. Mm. I try and avoid traveling at rush hour and stuff like that because it's just so crammed. It's just so many people. Yeah. But it's nowhere near as bad as like New York or Paris. Paris stinks, man. The subway system there. Is it the people stink or the... the... Both. Yeah, I had a friend. That Sorry, to, all of France. I've never been to France again, so disclaimer. But a lot of my friends that have gone there, Japanese people, they they come back and they're like, France smells like cigarettes and perfume. Yeah, is that true? Well, that's a good combination. It's I suppose. a good combination. I went into this bakery in Paris right yeah. once and like opened the door, and it was literally, literally fucking full of wasps the whole place like the bug wasps this yeah. isn't like a the, like flown in through the door and they were all over the pastries and shit like that and me and the wife just look at each other like what the fuck is this and the guy behind the counter is actually going as if to serve us and i'm like i'm not buying this it's got wasps all over it is this are you sure about this yeah this wasn't like a like a i'm not taking loads of acid and going <laughs> shopping to a boulangerie in france so this is exactly what i saw um so i just thought oh fuck paris I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I was just reminded of this, but I saw a tweet. I think I sent it to you. I saw a tweet yesterday mm-hmm. of a British person who who posted a, a couple of pictures of the the prince and the and the princess yeah, from yeah. England, and it's like these are a couple of crackers. Yeah. Which? What do you think that means, Josh? If you saw somebody post two pictures of like the prince and the, and the princess, and it's like these these are some super crackers or something like that, what would you think? They are white people. Yeah, like a defam- like a, a bad word against white people. So right? what it means to you. That's what yeah. it means in American huh. English. What does it mean in English English? Cracker, it's cracking, means good. It means good, right? Yeah. Did not know that, right? Or it means kind of hot as well. Hot isn't like attractive girl? Yeah. Really? She's cracking. Okay, cracking I understand, but what cracker specifically means, like, because, you know, sailing crackers are white. Right. And plain and don't have any, you know, they're just kind of boring. Yeah. So that's like cracker. Right. It's like a square white guy is like a cracker. These are a couple of crackers. I might say that. Christmas cracker. That's a different kind of cracker. That's like yeah. the whole kind. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, isn't that funny? Josh? You didn't know that, right? I learned stuff about your country all the time. You guys are so weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do one more really quick that you and I need to talk about. And then okay. I actually have to maybe t- d- dip out and Josh is going to take what? over. Sorry. This has never happened before. It has never happened before. It has yet to happen, but it will happen. So let's go to my last story that I, I want to. Um, so Kishida is is talking about an economic stimulus uh, package to help with the economy after the pandemic <clears throat> and with the uh, rising inflation. Nice. What I wanted to talk about this. Now, that's fine. Whatever. They're going to spend money on whatever they want. But <clears throat> I want to specifically talk to you, Alex, about the wastefulness of the Japanese government on projects. I mean, like how many things have you seen personally mm-hmm. that you're like, why are you spending money on this? Oh, loads. <laughs> Do you want a specific Yeah, figure? like an example. I can't give you a specific example. That I, would be... I, uh... I'll give you an example, and then you, you won't, you won't t- take any flack for it. So there's a, there's a building here where we live. It's called Kemin Koryu Senta, and it is literally like from Star Wars. It's a giant fucking huge monolithic glass and concrete building. Mm-hmm. And it was built, I don't know, 20 years ago. And it is sitting there fucking empty. Yeah. Nothing happens in it. It just, they built it. They spent millions, maybe a billion, who knows, millions of dollars on it. Mm -hmm. They don't manage it. They just built it to spend money and it's just fucking empty. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, there's, no, there is a passport 
office in there. You, the girl, the, the Japanese people go get their passport there, which is like maybe like five meters by five meters in this giant building. Yeah. And then there's a hole that you can't book. Yeah. There's three halls. Okay. And what happens is, is companies on the, whenever they open in the beginning of the year, call them up and book them the entire year. Yeah. They just, cause it's like a dollar to book them for mm-hmm. a day. So companies with a lot of money just book them for the entire year in case they want them. So nobody can use it, right? Yeah. Welcome to Japan. And so in <laughs> in uh, in Alex's specific uh, uh, arena, there's there's uh, or area, there's a bunch of like um, stimulus based. Oh, I'll give you one. There's one in Kagoshima City where they were paying people to. We did one to 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 do live broadcast to, to promote the area. Mm-hmm. And it was like the idea was like they want to promote the area plus get people familiar with doing live broadcast during the pandemic when people couldn't travel. Yeah. There were a couple of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the we're talking thousands of dollars in stimulus here. And there are a couple of those that like maybe four people watched. Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, why are you guys paying for this? Why don't you hire professionals who know what they're doing yeah. or an influencer or something like that? Mm-hmm. But they're just giving like regular people money to walk around their fucking Facebook open. Hello, random. Have a camera. You yeah. Know, it's not interesting, is it? To watch two random people talk about stuff. It was... Oh. <laughs> We've got a nice background. That's what makes it work. Yeah, it's animated, right? Yeah. It's cool. But uh, no, no, that was a yeah waste of money, man, to be honest with you. Um, there's a lot of things like that. It's just like we've got this you know, budget to do something. We don't quite know what to do. Let's try this. And then there's no <laughs> Literally, it's no just improvement. Like, it's like, let's try. And that's it. Yeah. And then there's no feedback or anything. It just finishes there. Complete garbage. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, I'm going to dip out now. I got to go. But you, you and Josh take over. Hello, hello. Hi, Josh. Hey, how's it going? What happened? Uh, Mitch had a date. With who? An old man. An old man. Sounds exciting. I'll ask him what happened afterwards. <laughs> uh, so let's keep going with these stories. Let's see what I've got next. Japanese company offers service that converts your child's school bag into useful accessories. So it says you may have heard of the leather boxy school bag that Japanese elementary school kids use. Uh, these are called randoseru in Japanese, and they're very expensive. Uh, sometimes I think my kids' ones are about 20 man, so I don't know what that is in dollars. Can you explain what that is? Because I think a lot of maybe like, especially uh, American viewers won't know. It's like a Japanese kid's school backpack. And yep. what, what's it called? Nandoseru. That's from German, right? Uh, I think it's Dutch. Dutch, oh, okay. Yeah. But they're very thick. You know, the, the leather quality is really good, actually. They are very well made and very tough. And they do last six years as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, they yeah, use easily. the same one all all six years. All six years, yeah. So you can kick the shit out of them, like set them on fire. They're very wide. They are very wide because they fit the whole textbook in, right? Yeah, like American school bags. At least the ones I use, we would use them for a year, and then by the end of the year, there'd be holes that we just toss it and then right, get right. a new one. But they only cost like ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, these are expensive, but I guess you know if you can use it. I mean, you can actually get secondhand ones as well, so they would last up to twelve years. You know. Uh, in some cases as well so you know some people do that but this service is basically turning them into other um, items so there's a, a company that started in 2010 as a small leatherworking business and then uh, from 2014 onwards uh, thought about changing a set into some other item as well uh, and they've launched with the, the name set Remake so yeah apparently it's very popular so first year in uh, 2017 they did 800 bags and then 14,000 uh, uh, in 2021. So well, pretty good, really. I mean, you're a father of two kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do they still use Nandoseru or? 
Uh, Dikey doesn't because he's gone to high school, so they don't use him after junior um, elementary school. And okay. my daughter stopped using an underthud because it was quite heavy mm. and it used to give her headaches. So we got a very light backpack instead and the school allowed her to use it. Okay, um, so that's something like you usually have to use a Nandaseru. Oh, you have to use it. Yeah, yeah, you have to buy one. And so, and now, they, I mean, they used to just be black and red, just two colors, but now there's all kinds of different colors as well. Yeah, I saw them the Fancy other day. designs, right? Uh, what did you do with uh, Daiki's Nandaseru? We've still got it somewhere. So it's just sat around. Maybe I'll wear it like one of those kind of <laughs> nerds that uh, lives in New York or whatever. You should go to work one of these days saying I know. <laughs> nah, rather rather not do that. Uh, it might look cool in the US to do that, but it doesn't look cool in Japan because <laughs> it's like you're just wearing a kid's backpack. What's wrong with you? You're mental. Um, so what they do now is like take these bags apart and then you know turn them into um, different items. So for 7,800 yen, which is about 65 US, uh, you can get six different items, a key case, a pass case, three barrettes, which I'm not quite sure that is, uh, an elliptical keychain, a cord holder, uh, and a belt strap keychain as well. Uh, and you can also get wallets and larger, larger accessories as well. So it's quite you know, an interesting service. I'm personally not that interested in doing it myself, but you know, some people might want to do it. Yeah, and I it's, mean, it's good to recycle, right? And yeah. Like, if you're not going to do anything with it, then might as well. SDGs, like everybody's going on about. <laughs> right. All right. What have you got? Have you got any stories up there? Uh, okay. Uh, how often do you go to conveyor belt sushi restaurants? Never. Never? Very rarely. How about yeah. before Corona? Very rarely. Very rarely. Okay. Well, how about just normal sushi? Do you go to sushi, sushi restaurants? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. And how do you add wasabi to your sushi? Uh, I put it in the soy sauce and kind of mix it in a bit. And okay. Then yeah, so this article, uh, it's basically talking about how there are four different ways that people uh, add wasabi to their sushi at conveyor belt sushi restaurants because okay. I think nowadays uh, chain restaurants, they don't add wasabi to the sushi mm-hmm. because so many people ask for it without. Right, okay. So the f- the four methods are, like you said, mixing it in with your soy sauce okay, and then dipping your sushi in, which mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's how I do it too. I'm not sure. I put, I put like a little bit of wasabi on the side of the bowl and just take a tiny bit off and mix it in as I need it. So mm, I don't yeah. mix it all. So it's like a kind of paste, pasty <laughs> soupy type thing, right? Yeah. Uh, the other method is putting a dollop of it on top of your fish. Okay. Uh, third way is putting it on the rice underneath the fish, which I think is kind of too weird. much work. Like you're taking yeah. the fish off. And the last one is don't add wasabi. That's not a way of adding yeah. wasabi, is it? So, who wrote this article? Uh, Sora News 24. Fired. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> so, yeah. How about you? What do you do with wasabi? If it's sushi, I'll do what you said, like mix it in with the soy sauce. Mm-hmm. But if it's sashimi, I think the proper way to do it is you put the wasabi on the fish and then you eat it. Uh, you dip in the soy sauce and eat it like that. Yeah. You don't make a paste out of it, especially at a nice restaurant. You'll find it a lot of um, nicer, like Nikiri Sushi places. They'll just put it on with a little brush for you. So there's no need to dip it in anything. You just take it and eat it as is most of the time. But, yeah. I, I just had a weird flashback. There's like this weird Japanese video from like maybe 15, 20 years ago, I want to say, that yeah. I saw on the internet. It's like, like a how-to go to a sushi restaurant, how to eat sushi video, oh, yeah. but it's like a joke video. Yeah, ramen's it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, do you know it? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what was it called now? Japan something or other. Like I'm culture class or something like that, yeah. But like at first it seems like like all things that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. But then like by the end of it, it's like 
the wooden sushi tray is uh, also used as a shoe. So the chef puts it on his feet and walks home with it. Right, yeah, yeah, the getta, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the ramen. It's like a comedy duo. Oh, is um, that it? One of them was supposed to do the Olympics, uh, but he got cancelled because he made a joke about the Holocaust like <laughs> ten years previous or something. So um, bit bad taste, but you know. Well, if I can find that video, I'll throw it into the. Yeah, dude, it's a good one. It's a good video. They made a good uh, series, actually, on several kind of Japanese phenomenon and stuff like that. So it would have been probably a bit funnier to have him at the Olympics, but I guess, you know, he wasn't culturally aware with his jokes in the past. So, Okay, I've got uh, another story here about uh, Abe, um, the former prime minister of Japan. So it says, uh, Japan court rules police removal of Abe hecklers from uh, stump speech illegal. So a court in northern Japan on Friday ruled against the removal by police officers of hecklers from the site of a 2019 stump speech by then uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in Sapporo. Um, they ordered the uh, Hokkaido government to pay a total of uh, 880,000 yen, which is $7,200, to two citizens saying the police action infringed the freedom of expression guaranteed under the constitution. So, uh, yeah, they've had to pay some compensation. Uh, according to the uh, ruling, uh, the two people involved had shouted, step down, Abe, and no tax hike, uh, when Abe was uh, delivering a campaign speech around uh, JR Sapporo Station on July 15th, 2019. Um, and police officers forced the two people uh, shouting uh, to move out of the crowd uh, and then were followed by police afterwards. So basically they were removing two people who were shouting at Abe while he was making a speech, um, and that was illegal. So in England, uh, mm. you can't talk poorly about the Queen, right? Uh, no, you can. You can really? Yeah. Okay, I I thought I heard something like you're not allowed to like, like say stuff like that. No, you can say whatever you want, basically. Up until the 1970s, it was kind of taboo to do that, and then like punk came in, like Sex Pistols and stuff like that, and they used imagery of the Queen with a you know safety pin oh, right. through her nose and stuff like that, and then it gradually became more you know. Uh, accepted I think but even before that they used to have these cartoons where they would mock you know the royalty and things like that as well so it's been you know a fairly common part of British you know uh, politics for a long time Uh, I mean we've even killed monarchs before right they beheaded them and stuff like that so right yeah I was gonna ask about like is it the same with uh, the Japanese emperor for example are you like can you heckle the emperor no way no, no, no. Can't make a, a joke, really. Can't really make negative comments in the press or anything like that. There are a few people who criticized um, uh, the present empress when she was a bit younger because she, she had some, you know, mental health issues and she was going through a lot of problems and stuff like that. So there was a little bit of criticism of that, but, you know, not a lot. Um, and to be fair, I mean, I think she was doing her best in a tough situation anyway, so... So I guess the, what do you call it, the free speech, it doesn't matter when it comes to emperor's family then? No, I think it's it's very difficult to criticize their position. But to be fair though, they're you know, a lot less scandalous than the British royal family are. Right. Um, and not really involved with politics anyway. I think scandalizing, you know, and, and criticizing politicians is fine. I think everybody should be able to do that. Right, um, right. When they're making a speech at a rally, you know, I don't know if it's appropriate to remove them or not to remove them or whatever. Um, when someone's talking, you generally have to let them talk, right? Right, yeah. I think it just how much they're heckling. If they're heckling to the point where other people can't, like, listen, then they should probably be, like, silenced or removed or something. But 
I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Where's the do? line? Yeah. How do you make them shut up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they got a valid point as well, but still, you know, what can you say? All right, you got another story for us. All right, I got Japan's new ramen vending machine cooks noodles in just 90 seconds. Serves four different kinds. Roman vending machine? Ramen. A ramen, sorry. I thought it was a Roman oh. one. I was wondering what kind of food that would be. <laughs> Pizza or something, I guess. All so, right. I mean, Japan has some crazy vending machines. I, I think there's a lot of like, kind of like this image that Japan has vending machines for everything. And mm-hmm. I think there probably is a vending machine for basically anything you can imagine. But... In your day-to-day life, what kind of vending machines do you see? Me? I just see drinks ones, generally. I mean, there's one for crepes near the bus stop in right. Tenmonkan. Um, and I've also seen a pizza one before. Uh, beer, of course. Yeah. Cigarettes. Not so much anymore. Yeah, I think that's more of an older thing, right? I think they're getting phased out, generally. Right. Um, but yeah, there are food vending machines. Have you ever bought food from a food vending machine? I have, but... I must have been incredibly drunk <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there are so many convenience stores now that's like, why would you get it from a vending machine? True. It doesn't make sense, does it? And there's one place in Amsterdam, actually, that used to sell croquette like type things, you know, the uh, croquettes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, I've forgotten the name, Bitterballen or something like that they're called. And you would go in and put money in and take out the, the product and just take it away. So it was like a vending machine store almost. And I think that was, I don't know if it was copied off Japan or what, but it seemed very Japanese. Um, and there's something similar actually close to my house that sells eggs like that. Eggs? Yeah. So you go in and you put your money in and like a little cabinet opens up and you take six or 12 eggs or whatever. Huh. And there's nobody there. It's like Mujin Hanbai, they call it, like you know, unattended selling or whatever. Uh, and there's one more that does garlic as well. Why garlic? I don't know. It's just weird. It's like a iridescent kind of UV light or something. You can see it from the street as you're driving up towards where I live in Yoshino on the left-hand side of the road. And I, for ages, I thought it was a massage parlor or something like that. <laughs> so one day I stopped because I was so curious about it and went up and it was just garlic growing in the store, like under UV lights. It was so weird. All just garlic. Yeah, just else. garlic. Just only garlic. That's so weird. So it was bizarre. So what about this ramen thing? What? How many flavors can we get? So there are four different flavors of ramen. Uh, it says there's... Sapporo spicy miso, mm-hmm. Tokyo shoyu, mm-hmm. Kyushu tonkotsu, okay. and Toriyuzu shio. Right, okay. So I think the cool thing about this is it only takes 90 seconds. I mean, I, I guess it's similar to just like one of those cup noodle things. Right, right. it's just water. <laughs> yeah. Do you eat ramen much or what? I'm not a big ramen guy. Like, it's one of those foods I never crave. Right. But if someone's like, oh, I want to eat ramen, then I'm like, okay, whatever, I eat it and I enjoy it. But... I don't know. I don't eat it too often. I think the last time I had ramen wasn't even like real ramen. It was the uh, tomato ramen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had that? No, I haven't actually. I've seen it and it's popular because I've seen the queues outside, but yeah. yeah it's actually pretty good. Like it kind of tastes like a mix between pasta, tomato pasta and uh, ramen. And mm. the soup is not as like tomato-y as I expected it would be. It's right. like a, I think it was a chicken base and you can get like cheese topping and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Okay. I like the spicy kind of stuff, like tan tan men, uh, like the really hot kind of spicy noodles and stuff. Um, and occasionally, you know, if I'm really like uh, drunk and just going out for a last thing, sometimes they do like shime, the final ramen, uh, yeah. after you go drinking or whatever. Yeah, I do like it as like the shime, the, yeah. the what do you call it, the closer, the, yeah, the yeah. last course. The finisher. The finisher. 
and then go home. It's good for a bit of, uh, you know, hydration as well because <laughs> soup and salt. Yeah, it's a lot of salt. Okay, all right, let's go on for the next story. Uh, so it says the dollar hits a uh, six-year high above 120 yen uh, on possibility of more, uh, more rate gap. Um, so the dollar has climbed to uh, 120 yen range on Tuesday in Tokyo for the first time since February 2016 uh, after the U.S. Federal Reserve hinted at further raising its key interest rate to tackle soaring inflation, while Tokyo stocks ended at the highest point in over a month. So the dollar fetched uh, 120.47 to 48 yen, compared with 119.43 to 53 yen um, in New York at 5 p.m. Monday. So this is making Japan cheaper, is it? Hold on. So the dollar is getting stronger against the yen, yeah. Um, and the yen is obviously getting weaker, which means good things for inbound tourism, I guess. Is that because like Japan's economy is getting worse or America's economy is getting better in comparison or...? I don't know, having just picked up this piece of paper right now. <laughs> yeah, neither of us have read any of these articles. Absolutely <laughs> no research whatsoever. Um, I think, um, you know, it depends. When, when the world economy becomes unstable, people tend to invest in the yen because it's seen as a safe currency. Um, so that forces the price up. Um, but I think when the world economy is generally in a better situation, they don't tend to invest it so much. So I'm not sure what the, the kind of um, effect of this is. But, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like um, the strength of the yen and um, how much purchasing power tourists have got does affect people's decisions to visit places. But I don't think it's a key factor in deciding whether people come to visit Japan anyway. Maybe it is for the price sensitive markets on Eastern Asia and stuff like that. But I don't think it's so much for the Western markets as well. Um, well, I mean, whenever the borders open and they're constantly eyeing the border, like when are we going to open mm -hmm. the border? But whenever they do open, I mean, it'll be good for all you guys to spend some more dollar in Japan if you can and get more for your money. But I think fuel costs are, are the problem here as well. So um, I think, um, you know, more expensive mm -hmm. fuel costs are going to, you know, be reflected in more expensive plane tickets as well. That's true. I did not think about that. Yeah. The fuel's the main thing, right? Fuel's so important for any industry because it drives everything, you know, delivery, whatever. Right. Um, so that could be a problem going forwards. But we'll see. And I will also read the rest of the article later to find out what's going on. <laughs> All right. Over to you. So my next article is Japanese Garu turned mom is more concerned with making her son a gentleman than a scholar. Okay. So can you explain what a Garu is? Garu. A Garu is like a, a Japanese girl who's kind of like abrasive and a bit loud and, you know, wears slightly crazy fashion. You know, traditionally it used to be like the kind of rolled up socks and stuff like that and, right. you know, slightly mad hair and things like that. And it was like Gang Garu, is it? The, the black oh yeah it looks like blackface yeah it's kind of weird it's really weird so yeah. they would darken the skin and stuff like that bleach the hair blonde and things like that but you don't see that anymore really yeah I would say nowadays it, it is a lot of hair bleaching like yeah. I'm kind of surprised how often I see blonde hair in Kagoshima right right like just yesterday uh, I think it was yesterday was the university graduation day or whatever right yeah mm -hmm. so I saw like a bunch of uh, young people in suits and stuff and like there's a group of like 20 guys that were all bleach blonde hair. Right, really? Yeah, I was like, what the heck? That's their last uh, dash at freedom before they have to dye it black again and uh, go and get a job. In a week. Yeah, in a week's time. Yeah. So it's just like go crazy for a tiny little bit before you join the salaryman life. 
So this uh, Gato turned mom has three rules for his uh, for his son. Uh, she never told him to study or anything like that, mm -hmm. but her main rules are basically about how to treat a lady. Okay. So let's see if you do these rules as well. Okay. All right. Being a real gentleman. Yes. True English gentleman. Okay. You can tell me if these are valid or not. All right. Uh, the first one is don't make a girl walk on the side of the sidewalk next to traffic. So if you're walking on the side of the road, mm. do you take uh, the side of the road that's closer to traffic or do you not pay mind to that? Um, mm, I don't know. Subconsciously, maybe. Because I am such a gentleman. Right. I think it's probably, right, actually, this sounds kind of dumb, but if you think about it, if cars are going past and splashing up water and stuff like that, then you can protect your lady friend's clothing by going like this and jumping in front of it, right? This like, is actually something that I, I actively do. You do that? Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> like, really? Like, it's always been a thing, like, if, like, if I'm walking, not just with, like, a girlfriend, but if I'm walking with, uh, like, a girl or a child... I'll always walk on the side that's closer to traffic because I feel like it's dangerous. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I think I, I'm so ingrained into me that I'm a gentleman. I do it without thinking. Yeah, I'm probably. not I'm not quite there. So I yeah. start to think about Try it. Try a bit harder. Okay. <laughs> the next one okay, is... Okay, next one. When you go to a restaurant with a girl, mm -hmm. let her sit in the sofa seat. Oh, that's such bullshit. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I, I do that too. But I only do that because it's like a Japanese thing, right? Like, well, I swear to God. I've never heard of it in any other country. Well, I, f I feel like it's a very Japanese thing that like they have one sofa seat and one non sofa seat. seat, right? Yeah. But for me, I'm always just like take whichever one you want. Like, what if the ch chair is like a super baller, amazing chair, and the sofa has got like a stain on it? What do you do then? That's why I always say like take whichever one you want. Yeah, that's the best option, isn't it? Right? Because yeah. then you're being a modern gentleman, like not saying I am the man, so you will sit there. Yeah. Let's decide together. <laughs> what, what's the other thing? It's a very common thing in Japan that like, it's like the most important person sits in the seat that's farthest away from the door or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So Kamiza, yeah. Is, that comes from like the samurai days or something, right? Yeah, apparently. So there's the um, Kamiza in any room. So you, you find the, the kind of high seat or whatever in, in each room and the most important person sits there. General rule of thumb is it's the seat furthest away and on the opposite side from the door right. so then you can see who's coming in and also if somebody came in and started chopping everybody up with a sword you'd be the last one to get it right um, and also generally closest to the tokonoma the, the kind of alcove in the Japanese room as well yeah I only know that because that's the seat Mitch always takes when we go to a restaurant does he yeah and I would always ask I ask him like why do you always sit like so far away from the door he's yeah. like oh it's the most important seat so. uh, it's power playing everybody right yeah Who's he going with on these things? Old men. So next time I go, he sits with older men and he sits in nah, the... Probably not uh, with other people, but when right. he's going with uh, staff and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that that was like years ago too. Yeah. I think, well, subconsciously people notice things like that. In the elevator as well, right? The back uh, left or right? I can't remember. I think it's the right is the most senior position. Really? Yeah. I, I want to be closest to the door so I can get out. <laughs> yeah, just leave, right? Yeah. The other reason you're close to the door is so you can take the orders. Oh, yeah, that's true. And also pour the drinks. Yeah, that is a thing in Japan, right? Always yeah. the. I always find that kind of weird. I guess just because uh, in America, when you order drinks and stuff like that, they already come prepared. Right, yeah. But yeah, in yeah. Japan, a lot of times when you order drinks, especially at like bars and stuff like that, they'll bring you like the bottle or something and then like 
cups and ice yeah. and they're like make yeah. your drinks do it and no, then, yeah, I, I don't like that culture man I just prefer to do it on my own yeah because I know how I like it right I right. don't want somebody else making it and fucking it up so yeah and also why make them do it you know just, I'd rather people just enjoyed themselves instead of right. worrying about you know filling each other's glasses up and stuff like that so I do a bit of the Japanese stuff at first just right. for the first drink and then I just give up on it completely yeah like uh, the way I do it is usually like if I'm pouring myself a drink, like a beer or something, and I know it's like your cup is empty mm-hmm. or low, I'll, I'll just top you off, right? Yeah. But I don't want to be like the whole night watching your glass. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. took a sip. Okay, I'll pour a little bit more. Well, nobody gets annoyed about it these days anyway. It's very unusual for people to say anything. Yeah. And if they want to drink, they'll generally just get it and pour it themselves anyway. So, right. yeah. I don't think there's too much need to think about that in detail. Anyways, the last rule. Last one. Last gentleman rule is. Yeah, for all you gentlemen out there. Uh, if you're on a date with your girlfriend and it's ending late, mm. walk her home to make sure she gets there safe. Is that it? Yeah. Just walk your lady friend home. And can you give her a kiss when you've finished or not? Was there anything about that? It says nothing about kissing. And how do you get permission to do that as well? <laughs> to make it a bit more modern, right? Update it. How is it in Japan? Like, do... do Japanese girls kiss on like the first date or is there like a certain number or stuff like that? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. It's a long time. <laughs> long time ago. How about You, for, you for, know more than I do, surely. More recent. Yeah. I, we, yeah, it was not a first date thing though. <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm also a little bit of a, a wimp with that stuff. So I was like... Uh, I just sort of go straight in there and give it a try. And, um, but also be careful. Right. ask for consent before ask for consent before <laughs> before yeah. surprising her pull out a waiver and uh, get her to sign it um, so how are you with you and your kids are mm. you really strict about their studies and stuff like that or are you more like free like let them do whatever they want or um, I'm less strict about the studying but mainly because I didn't come up in the Japanese school system so to me it's not as close as it is to for example my wife you know, when she went through it. So she's got expectations about their studying that I don't have. Right. Um, I would, you know, like them to learn a slightly more international curriculum and stuff like that. So I do, you know, push them to do stuff outside of school. Like, you know, for example, just learning, you know, how to use a computer properly or um, maybe literature, reading certain books and things like that. But I don't really push the Japanese side of education because I think a lot of it's bollocks, to be honest with you. Um, there's a lot of rote repetition and yeah. a lot of maths um, and a lot of kokugo as well which is not bad I, I think that's good to learn the Japanese language well um, but there's an awful lot of maths that you know isn't necessarily super useful uh, and they've also got this thing where they want to make your weakest subject better this is always a thing to average mm. everything out there's so, no specialization it's all yeah. like like round everything out yeah so it's like if you're terrible at maths just make you do loads and loads of maths until you get average at maths um and then they might ignore the fact that you're incredibly good at you know literature or social studies right and instead of pushing those skills you just end up doing the weakest part over and over again and want to give up studying so i've seen this so many times even when i was teaching people you know Mm. i saw this too um i think it's a great shame you've got to you know use people's strengths as well and then try and round off those, you know, weaker points as well. But, you know, don't put everything onto that because they'll just give up. Um, apart from that, manners, I am very, very strict on. Uh, always have been with the kids. You know, they've got to put the shoes straight. 
when they come in the door, they've got to fold up the clothes, they've got to make the bed in the morning as soon as they get up. And is that a Japanese thing or an English thing? Oh, it's neither. It's just, you know, I think it's good manners to do. And right. you've got to get your routine down. If you don't make your bed in the morning, you know, right. you, the rest of your day is going to fucking suck. Because, you know, you've given up on the easiest task of the day. That's true. Straight from the morning. Um, and even if your day does turn out awful, you can go back and you've got a nicely made bed to sleep in. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. So, what, what about like extracurricular activities? Because, uh, I mean, I'm a kid's English teacher mm-hmm. and a lot of my kids, like my program alone is a optionally daily uh, class where mm-hmm. they can come from Monday to Friday for 100 minutes a day. Okay. And a lot of the kids do come like three or four times. Some of the kids come like twice a week, but almost every single kid does something else during the days that they don't come to uh, mm. the English class. So yeah. they're doing like sometimes more than six different uh, activities a week. Like some kids will be like, oh, okay, I have swimming before English and then I have English and then afterward I have juku or Korean yeah. school. Like, are you strict about those kind of things? Or? Not really. I, mean, I think it's better to do two or three things well or one thing even. Just do that better and put more effort into it. Right. than just trying to do everything. And I think, you know, cross-training and stuff like that is important. But, yeah, it's weird because, like, Bukatsu in Japanese schools, like the, you know, the, the what do you call it, the activities, the clubs that p- kids join, it's just one thing. So they'll join the baseball club and only do baseball. Right. Like, every day for three years. Right. Um, when the kids are a little bit smaller, they might do tennis or piano or whatever, several things. But when they get into junior high school, it's generally just one thing. And that's a real shame, I think, because you can burn out really easily practicing mm. so much. Uh, and also you don't develop cross skills from different disciplines as well. So I try not to make my kids do things every day. And it's good to be bored as well. Because if you're bored, you use your imagination right, and think as I'm to do. Or look at TikTok all day. So I have to limit <laughs> that on my phone. Yeah. Oh, on your phone, not, not your kids' phones. No, I've got control of their phones as well through oh, this. I see, I see. So I just limit them all. Yeah. How about you? Do you think, what will you do when you have children eventually? Um, well, I want them to do something. Uh, I've always been like a, a sports guy. Like I, I liked playing sports and I jumped between a bunch of different sports until I found something that I liked. So I'm kind of thinking like when I have kids, I want them to try a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. try whatever they want to try. If they want to quit, then they'll have to like finish the season or whatever the semester and then after that, if they really want to quit, they can quit and do something else. But right. like, I, I, I don't care what they do as long as they're doing something. I guess. Yeah. Well, as long as they try, right, and yeah. sit to the end as much as possible, because right. you don't want to teach them when the going gets tough. Just give up. That's terrible. Right. Um, if some... you've read uh, Grit, have you read Grit? No. By, uh, I forget her name. I, her last name is Ducksworth. That's all I remember. Ducksworth. Yeah. But there's a book called Grit that's basically just saying like the more you endure the stronger you get and then yeah. stronger you get the more you can endure right right kind of thing so but she said in her family uh they weren't allowed to quit things that they said that they wanted to sign up for it, uh, until like two years later or something like that okay yeah yeah but i think that's kind of a good thing yeah from miss ducksworth mrs ducksworth i'll have a look at that Sounds like something out of DuckTales. I just thought of Scrooge <laughs> McDuck and his nephews. I've forgotten the names. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, that was it. 
don't know why I've remembered that. It's weird. <laughs> okay, right. I've got a story here. Um, 10,000 foreign children in Japan may be absent from school. Maybe. That's worrying, isn't it? They don't why is know. it a maybe? Um, so it says around 7% of all foreign children in Japan of elementary uh, to junior high school age or 10,046 children may not be attending school. Uh, government data showed on Friday. But the number of such absentee school children as of May 2021 was down by almost half or by uh, 9,425 people since the last survey, uh, survey by the Education Ministry conducted in 2019. So elementary and junior high school education is not compulsory for foreigners, unlike their Japanese peers, but they can receive public education for free if they wish. That's weird. It's not compulsory. I didn't know that. Are these kids that are like living in Japan... With, full time or? i think so yeah with foreign parents maybe or you know children that don't have japanese nationality that's strange that they would make it like not compulsory yeah i wonder why but, hmm. so why is it like a there they may be not coming uh let me have a look through here uh it doesn't say uh, the ministry says it will study whether children are being excluded from normal classrooms because of a lack of ja japanese language ability uh, to help foreign children, it has decided to introduce a system to recognize special Japanese instruction classes in high schools as a formal unit starting from April 2023. So it looks like basically it's a cultural uh, issue and language issue. Mm. So they're not able to, you know, um, fit into the Japanese school environment or participate in lessons properly. Uh, and there's no support network to help them do so, which kind of sucks really, right? I can I can kind of understand that a little bit. Uh I don't remember how much time I spent, but I spent either a week or a month or something uh, going to Yamashita Elementary School. Did you? Yeah. Wow. When I was, uh, my, my parents, or my dad is from Kagoshima, right? Yeah. So I would come to Kagoshima every summer. Mm -hmm. And American summer vacations are like three months long. Right. So I think I came to Japan for over a month once. Okay. And like, I had nothing to do every day. So my dad... Ask them if I could join. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember how long I was there for. All I remember was like, it was hard because like right. I had no idea. Like I couldn't speak any Japanese really. Yeah. Just like hello and stuff like that, right? And it was hard. And like, there's a lot of like, I mean, they don't mean it in a negative way. I think, but there is a lot of like otherism where they they like, no, I'm not Japanese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're all just like. Like like looking at me or talking about me and stuff like that. And yeah. like, like I had no idea what they were saying. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I do remember is I got really surprised mm. because the bell rang and then everybody stood up and stuff like that. Was, we were like second grade or something like that. Everyone stood up and started taking off their clothes. Right. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Like, yeah, why is everybody be, right? getting naked? Yeah. And people like they all just got naked, boys and girls. Changing for PE, right? They were changing for uh, swimming class. Swimming class, we had right. swimming class. And they were all in the classroom doing this. Yeah. Yeah, they and, don't do that anymore. Hope, thank God. Yeah, but I, I was just like coming from America where like I, in Hawaii, we didn't have a uh, swimming class until junior high school. Right. And even like then whenever we had to change for like PE or something like that, we would do it in like the restrooms. And yeah, stuff of course. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, why is everybody naked? Yeah. And like, there'd be a boys that just like come over talking to me with their thing hanging out. I'm <laughs> like, what? what's going on? Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. So I, I think that culture's changing a little bit recently. So there are some problems obviously with Japanese education and um, 
Things like we talked about last week or the week before about rules in school as well. Right, no ponytails. No ponytails and underwear color and things like that. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, you know, it's a different culture as well. Um, so, yeah, there are those things to overcome. But that would be weird if you're from a, you know, a different culture and you had to suddenly put up with that with no Japanese background yeah. whatsoever. So, yeah, I mean, tough. on top of what do you call it with COVID and all that, I'm sure it it's been a hard time for any students that are living in Japan, whether or not they speak uh, Japanese. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder how the numbers compare to like uh, Japanese students. Like I know in America, there have been uh, many attempts to switch to like online classes, like full mm-hmm. online classes and stuff like that. But I don't think it's so much a thing in Japan, is it? They do it now, um, but I don't know if it's done very well, really. You know, so there is an option to do an online class too because um, there are a lot of kids in Japan who are like Futoko, so they can't go to school. Mm. These are even Japanese kids. Um, and actually, the teachers often don't chase up on them. So they just don't come to school and then they eventually pass. So there's no actual requirement to to be at school to to graduate, right? Is that true? Yeah. Do they? I I guess they don't really. Uh, they don't hold students back, but they also don't like let them skip grades in Japan, right? Yeah, you can't skip grades ahead, and you also have to do the same year year on year. So you know it's a very restrictive system, and I don't think it's particularly modern. Mm. But you know, my kids have been through it twice so yeah. that's my opinion having seen it and taught in it as well so i've got the opinion from the the teaching side and the the parent side as well i mean um, i i also went to a cooking school in tokyo right yeah and it's considered like the most prestigious cooking school and all that but while i was there i really felt like it must have been a lot harder to get into the school than it is to graduate because right. like mm. at that time i still i could speak some japanese but i mm couldn't read very yeah. well mm-hmm. so literally every test i would be like looking at the questions and the answers and being like okay i recognize one kanji in this answer that's the answer right okay and yeah. there's no way i passed every class but right. i graduated yeah 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 so i'm just like wow it must be a lot harder to get in than it is to graduate i right. think <laughs> yeah generally it's hard it's easier to get out of the system once you've got into it isn't it so yeah, yeah. okay what's your last story man did you ever watch Pokemon? Uh, yes, I think in about 1997. How old were you at that time? I don't know. I can't remember. 1920. 1920. So do you remember, uh, what do you call it? Before and after the commercial break, they would have the silhouettes of the Pokemon. They'd, Who's that Pokemon? Maybe. And then they come back and like, it's Pikachu. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to play Who's That Pokemon with these well-loved Pokemon plushie photos that leave Japanese Twitter in both hysterics and horror. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, how many Pokemon do you even know? Like Pikachu. Okay, well, if you guess that <laughs> for all three of these pictures, right. you'll get one of them right. <laughs> okay. So, let me look it up on my phone. Okay. Uh, I'll also look this up or put this into the video podcast for any YouTube viewers, but who's okay. that Pokemon... Jesus Christ, what is that? It's Pikachu. <laughs> is it? Yeah. My God, who made that? It's horrible. So all of these, uh, these are Twitter posts, I think, mm-hmm. of different Pokemon that like the plushies have been used and loved for so long, like 20, 30 years maybe. Okay, right, right. To the point where it's just like... 
Oh god, why would you keep something like that? I see. Okay, they're the, um, what's it called? The red spots on its cheeks, right? Right, right. So that's Pikachu, right? That's Pikachu. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll show you what this one looks like after, because I don't think you'll know this one. Uh, I don't know, Jizz Penguin. I don't know. That's You're close. My... <laughs> You're close. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't no shoot idea. Jizz. It shoots uh, water. It's Piplup. It's what? Piplup, the water-type penguin Pokemon. This okay. is how... What's it supposed to look like? It's supposed to look like Mine doesn't look much better. No, okay, right. So cute penguin thing. Yeah, it's blue, but the Twitter one, like, why would you keep something this long? This is so disgusting. Well, probably, you know, like when somebody's, you live with someone, right? And you don't notice that they've got a bit fatter. And then somebody <laughs> else sees them, they go, whoa, you put loads of weight on, man, or something like that. It's probably like that. If you're with it every day, you don't notice the difference. <laughs> That's, I, okay, I, I was thinking about that recently because... Uh, it was actually last year. Now, now it's two years ago. Was my uh, high school ten year reunion, but mm-hmm. it was uh, postponed because COVID. Right. But there's a Facebook group for it. Oh right, okay. And like, I look at myself every day. I, I feel like I still look young. Mm-hmm. I looked at everyone in the group, and I'm like, oh my god, everybody's old. <laughs> and then I started thinking, like, do they think that about me? Like, yeah. Am I old? Probably. Anyways, here's the last one. Okay. <laughs> Can't even tell look. what this one is. I have no idea. Just looks like a mess. So I think this is Bulbasaur. You know, uh, I don't even know what that is. It's from the first generation, so maybe if you saw it, you would, uh, you would remember it. Bulbasaur is a leaf type dinosaur looking. Oh, makes sense. Okay. So I think those red parts are his eyes. Oh, in, I see. In the. It's like finding like a burnt out car with a, the, <laughs> you know dead child in it or something like that that's the kind of imagery i'm getting here from this this is dark man why did you go so dark on the end (laughs) well this is what mitch left for us but do you have any uh childhood toys that you've kept for too long hell no no (laughs) i'm not gonna keep in things i just get rid of stuff yeah I'm, i'm like that too the only thing i do keep are cables from pc parts i've got cables like you know because i think oh you might need it one day right even like, though you're never going to need it. Sometimes you do, though. Like I needed a USB-C cable the other day, and uh, I, I found one. I was like, I'm glad I kept this. <laughs> you know, but I've thrown away all the old ones now. What, um, what about your kids? Uh, do you have like old toys and stuff that they've kept from their childhood? Not really, no. I mean, they were never that much into toys because they're kind of... I mean, my daughter, yeah, a little bit. but um, And uh, obviously my son, when he was really little... But because they're the kind of digital age, I think they grew out of them very quickly. Oh, yeah. So I remember them going to like toy stores in England. We took them back to England, went to a toy store and they just kind of looked around and didn't really want anything, which is really weird to me because mm. it's like when I was a kid, I would be like wanting to get the latest toy or whatever. Right. Or, and it's like now they don't really seem to have, I don't know if it's just because I'm older and I don't know the brands and stuff. But when I was a kid, you'd get all the kind of iconic Star Wars toys or like, you know, Marvel superheroes were really big at one point so you could get all the toys from that right but um yeah they don't really seem to have the same kind of you know interest in it as i did when i was a kid but you know i mean that's like my dad saying oh, i used to play with a stick and a hoop like yeah. oh why don't you think a stick and a hoop's interesting or whatever yeah you know what i mean so i think time just moves on yeah what what was like a big toy when you were a kid then when i was a kid he-man was big oh he-man he-man uh thundercats uh, Transformers was big. 
Um, what else? Star Wars toys, obviously. Marvel. Mm. So they had like um, they had like shields and stuff like that with kind of hologram things inside. And then a bit later on, I think I was probably growing out of it about that time. But Visionaries was another one that was popular back then. I have you no idea what that, that one, is. Right? Yeah, that was good. Uh, they had like holograms on it. There was a lot of holograms. Right? The hologram was like the dopest shit you could get back then. You were just like, whoa. That was the iPhone of your generation. Yeah, we were just like, check it out. Move it around like that. <laughs> oh, I showed my kid like the other day a Game Boy from back in the day and he was just laughing at it. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this crap? Yeah, mm. That was my first like personal gaming system was the Game Boy. I think Game Boy Color maybe. Right, okay. So you're yeah, a bit later than me then. I had an Atari Lynx as well. Yeah, I I had older systems like uh, an NES and stuff like that, but I think my first personal game system was the Game Boy Color and then the uh, Nintendo 64. Right, okay, yeah. I never really had consoles so much. I had a Sega Saturn at one point, I remember that, mm. which got nicked, and then I bought another one with the insurance money that came back from it. Um, but then it died and nobody made any more games for it, so, yeah, you know. Retro gaming, eh? Mitch is into his N64, isn't he? He loves it. That ridiculous control that you have to hold in the middle. He has a ton of games, like super retro games at his house, but I don't think he's touched like 90% he of them. doesn't actually play them, right? He just yeah. likes the idea of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, think, I, mean, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a cool thing to have, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're about done for today. That wraps up the show. So we've had lots of interesting news stories. We had Mitch leave for the first time during an actual live podcast, which has never happened before. Yeah, actually, I think this is maybe the first time he's ever not been in... Involved the- in Small Talk Japan. Yeah, like from the halfway point. Whoa, this is like a record. Uh, remember this episode. So uh, if you like what you've seen today and you're not a subscriber already, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, Give us a comment. Give us a shout out. Tell us what you think of our opinions on the news and stuff like that. Uh, And we will see you next time. Cheers and goodbye. Bye. A thank you to all of our patrons. Jan Myler, Jen, Spiral In Your Eyes, and Justin Perkins. Thank you so much for supporting Small Talk Japan. You guys rock.